Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good middle of the night, wherever you are. I'm so, so glad you're here and listening and getting value out of these podcasts and these everyday innovator interviews. And hey, I just want to say thank you for sharing the podcast. I know we've had a huge uptick in sharing and that's important to me because number one, it tells me that you're getting value out of these interviews and these incredible everyday people that I'm meeting across the globe and interviewing And it shows that you have a commitment to making an impact in this world because when you're sharing these interviews, you're sharing experience and wisdom and insight that has helped you and is going to help the people that you're connected to. So thank you for being that person. Well, we have a little bit to dig into today. I want to talk about the six soft skills that will set you apart and give you the edge moving forward in this uncharted, ambiguous, uncertain time that we're in. I want you to think, I want to give you these skills because I want you to think about how and where to implement them in your world. And then I'm going to go over the everyday innovator interviews and what I got out of them and some of the lessons I got and what I'm going to do with that. My life is an experiment and I'm here to share it with you in an effort to help you go further faster as well. So what do you say we dig in? Like I said, I want to start with the six soft skills that will set you apart and give you the edge moving forward, especially in this crazy time that we're in. So someone asked me the other day about it. And, you know, I I was talking about uh, with a group of people about how hard skills are fine, but you can, you can outgrow your hard skills. And what I mean by that is the need for those skills can change. So we've got to really focus on the soft skills are going to give us that edge and set us apart. The soft skills are going to help us adapt to change, pivot, deal with uncharted times, deal with unknowing and uncertainty. That's what the soft skills give you. So the six soft skills, innovation, resilience, communication, leadership, decisiveness, and openness. I'm going to go through each of them. As I'm going through them, I want you to think about where you have some strengths, maybe where you have some areas of improvement. We all have those. And what you can do to get stronger in each of them. All right, so let's dig into them. So innovation is the first one. This is that ability to be more innovative, to be more adaptive, to navigate change, that ability to solve challenges, seize new opportunities, critical problem solving, strategic thinking, sometimes even on the fly. Innovation doesn't always happen in a planned out way. Sometimes it's on the fly. I think we all know that. In fact, someone said to me the other day, desperation creates innovation. I think that's when you dial up your creative problem solving skills. But innovation is a critical soft skill in these complex and changing times. In fact, it is the most requested skill by employers and leaders across the board from entrepreneurs all the way to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. We need to be able to innovate. Now, how do we get stronger at this? Well, I'll tell you one way. Go to our website, take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment, and discover your everyday innovator style so that you know how you are naturally hardwired to innovate and you can strengthen those skills. And if you already know it, 
do the custom exercises specific to your innovator style, your combination that are on that back page. That will help you activate your innovative mind and strengthen it daily. All right, next up is resilience. I think we talk a lot about resilience. Let me break down what this is. Resilience is that capacity to recover quickly. You know, when you're down, you actually get back up to deal with tough challenges and to mentally handle them and learn from your failures. I think this is going to be really important as we move forward. Um, It's mental toughness. That's how I kind of would sum it up. People who are resilient keep getting back up. And I find in the workplace and in life, what's happening now is we're just getting constantly knocked in the face, aren't we? It's like, you know, a hook to the left, a hook to the right, uppercut, punch. It just feels like life is knocking us all over the place. And it's our ability to push through that that's really going to set us apart and get us to success in the long run. I heard somebody say the other day, I think it was Cameron Haynes, he said um, in his book, I was listening to the audio, let me see if I get this right. He said, pain is temporary. It may last a day, a month, a year, but quitting is forever. So I want you to think about that. Resilience is what it takes to get through the pain and continually get back up. And I know that we all have a reserve, right? It's like a battery life. And sometimes we're down to 2%. But I promise you that whatever your level of resilience is, you've got more. You've got more to pull from than you think you do. But that soft skill of resilience is critical. And I think we're all seeing it as we move forward that we need to stay in this place. All right, next up is communication. And this is about avoiding silos and finding meaningful ways to connect with those around you. Not just communication is how do you articulate an idea, but how do you actually connect meaningful? And it's about tapping the power of diversity of thinking around you and dialing up your ability to influence others. You know, communication is key. It's key in listening. It's key in speaking. It's key in connection. And we can't move forward without connection with others. We can't move forward without our ability to influence others. And by influence, I don't just mean convince them to agree with you. I mean that ability to put things into action, to create momentum, to get others to get excited about your vision with you. Um, I also mean the flip side about listening and taking in and taking in feedback, all of it. That's communication. But, you know, here's what I've seen. I've seen people with incredible talent fall short because they can't communicate. They can't connect in that meaningful way. Don't be one of those people. Your talent will not get you as far. I promise you that. Communication is essential. All right, next up is leadership. Now, here's the thing with leadership. In a soft skill, this is about the confidence to lead yourself and others. It's about making an impact, about influencing others, about being that confident leader, regardless of your title or experience. I see leadership as this skill of people who I think have it or people who step up, who take proactively take leadership roles, who speak up when the time is right, who have the confidence to be the person they're meant to be and to bring that to the teams and the collaboration that they work with them. Leadership is essential at all levels. Here's the thing. Nobody wants an order taker. I'm not paying you to be an order taker. I promise you, your boss isn't paying you to be an order taker. I'm paying you to be a leader. And sometimes that leader is about seeing problems and opportunities that I'm not seeing because I don't do the day-to-day work that you do. Sometimes that's about disagreeing with me and disagreeing up and leading up and, and helping us make smarter decisions at the top. 
If you're at the top, it's about influencing and pulling your team up with you. I think you get the point. To me, leadership is a lot about confidence and about pulling other people along with you, regardless of your title or experience. All right. Number five on the list is decisiveness. Wow, have I seen people struggle with this one. This is, as I call it, the ability to make decisions at the speed the marketplace demands and not letting procrastination, hesitation, or insecurity get in the way. Here's the thing. Indecisiveness has negative consequences. And your ability to lead and get results is determined by your ability to be decisive. I've seen a lot of people have decision fatigue recently because they're making so many. And a lot of, frankly, a lot of the decisions they're making are new because the challenges that they face are new, right? So we have to kind of put ourselves out there and trust our guts and, and hope that we're making the right decision with the information we have. We don't have all the information right now. Decisiveness is key. And by the way, if you need to focus on this skill, you need to strengthen this skill, I would encourage you to make a lot of small decisions and work your way up to the big ones. It's a muscle that you need to train. So decide what you're having for dinner really quickly and then stick to it. Decide what route you're taking to work and make it a different route and stick to it regardless and see what happens, by the way, by doing that. You can train this muscle. All right, so last one is openness. This is the skill to openly listen to others, to really be able to consider new ideas and not shut down innovation. It's active listening. And it's harder than it sounds, but it's an essential skill if you want to go further faster. Openness is about listening without judgment. It's about listening with curiosity. It's about being willing to to take in other people's ideas. And guess what? Know that maybe their ideas are also right. Here's what I always tell people. This is what I've learned, particularly in the last couple of years. There's a lot of ways to be right in this world. And your way is not the only way. And that openness is essential is essential. It's essential for the communication, the leadership, the innovation, all that stuff we just talked about requires openness. Oftentimes what I see is people get stuck in convincing mode or really they get close-minded because they think that their idea is right and the other idea or the other perspective is wrong. We got to get out of right versus wrong and just be open to listening. All right. So on our website, under free resources, if you go to our website, there's a PDF that has this. I would encourage you to print it out and have this discussion, not just with yourself, but also with your team or the people that you live and work with and talk about what it means to to have innovation, resilience, communication, leadership, decisiveness, and openness, and how you can improve on those soft skills together. I think you'll see, I don't know about a difference, but you'll see momentum forward if you do that. All right, speaking of forward momentum, let's get to it with this week's Everyday Innovators, what I learned, what I tried, the experimentation that is work and life. All right, so we have Tony Shelton, who is in the education space, the public school space, actually, in Denver, Colorado. We have Mark Flint, who is in the escape game space. So you know those places where you go and you creatively solve problems under time with a team and you have to get out of the room. So they have a virtual and and a live option, but he's from there. Then we have Amelia and Sabina who are in technology. And then we have Justin Bignac who is in the creative space. So marketing and and design. All very different everyday innovators. Let's dig in. Let's get to these experiments because I hope that you are bridging the knowledge and doing gap as well. All right, let's start with Tony. We're going to go Monday and work our way over. 
Tony Shelton is in the, like I said, the public education education space. So she's at Denver Public Schools, which is a massive public education system, as you can imagine. And Tony is a collaborative inquisitive. So that means she she innovates and adds value by pulling disparate people and ideas and experiences together and by digging deep, challenging assumptions and asking questions. So the magic in, in her, in her superpowers, is that she brings whole deep innovation to the table. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. Here's the thing that Tony said that really stood out to me. She said, you know, we figured out how to turn the can'ts and the shouldn'ts and the won'ts into the we will, we are, and we can. Here's what she was talking about, and I encourage you to go back and listen to the full podcast. You know, the the public school system, education in general, is very set in its ways and very here's what we can do, here's what we can't do. And there's a lot of can'ts in their world. There's a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of system. A lot of great people in there trying to move everybody forward, but a lot of bureaucracy too. And she said prior to COVID in particular, there was a lot of can'ts, shouldn'ts, won'ts, right? Here's why and all the reasons why we have to do what we've always done. And she said what COVID did, what those two years did is it forced them into innovation and change. They had no choice, right? Schools were shut down. Kids were, were educating remotely. They had no choice. She said, but what she learned is that those can'ts, shouldn'ts, and won'ts are just excuses not to do things. And when you're up against the wall, it turns out you can do those things. 
And so I love that whole thing of like, how do we turn our can'ts, our shouldn'ts, and our won'ts into wills and cans and ours? How can you do that in your world? And sometimes those can'ts and shouldn'ts are just self-imposed. And sometimes they're brick walls, systems, bureaucracies, people that were around. So I tried this little exercise that was really enlightening. I wrote down two sentences. So I picked something to, that I wanted to write these sentences around that in my world is a can't. I can't do this thing, right? And you have can'ts in your world, things that you say you can't do. I can't get to the gym every morning because I've got too much to do. Um, I can't get a promotion at work because I don't have the right experience yet. Um, I can't uh, call on that CEO for that new business because he'll never take my call. You get the point. So I did this exercise where I did one sentence that says, I can't fill in the blank because fill in the blank. And then I flipped it and I said, I can fill in the blank because fill in the blank. And it was eye-opening how my becauses in both of those sentences drastically changed when I changed a can't to a can. And it gave me ways to think about, to solve, to do the things that I thought I couldn't do. So I did it with my training a little while ago because as I talked nonstop about, I'm sure you're tired of it, I've been training for my first Ironman. Fingers crossed that I complete, I complete the course. As I told somebody, I may get timed out, but I will never quit. So there you go. But I, I was telling myself in the beginning of this training, particularly as it dialed up in time, like I went from, you know, one or two hours a day to like three or four hours a day. I said, I can't do all my training because I have way too much to do between work, life, kids, right? I can't do my training because my business is in growth mode and it needs my full attention. I can't do my training because I can't focus 100% on training and on kids and work. Then I flipped it and I said, I can do my training because, and here's where you got to be a little open-minded, remember back to those soft skills and be a little innovative how you think about it. So I put, I can do my training because I can get help and hire people to do the things that are taking my time, but aren't high impact. I can do all my training because I can get up an hour earlier and get a little bit of work done before my day starts. I can get in my training because... Um, I can start my training at two or three o'clock when I'm burnt out from work anyway. Here's the interesting thing about that one. Um, I, I, my MO is to get up at four o'clock in the morning and be at my CrossFit class by 5 a.m. And I love that regimen for me. And obviously with training for the Ironman, I had to put that regimen and CrossFit aside for a little while. Don't worry, barbell, I'll be back. And so I had in my head though, that I couldn't do three, four hours of training because that means I had to get up at like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning to even get it done. I just, my mind was blocked at the idea of, hey, tomorrow you can work out in the afternoon, you know. It was weird. But doing this exercise made me realize that I can't do my training, fully do my training because I got too much to do. My business is in growth mode. I can't get up that early. All valid reasons, right? But it keeps me stuck. I can do my training because I can hire help. I can take some things and take them off my plate because I don't really need to be doing them. I can do my training in that afternoon lull between work and kids where my, my brain's not really working anyway. You get the point. I really encourage you to try that exercise and try I can't fill in the blank because 
all the reasons and then flip it and say, I can fill in the blank because all the reasons and have that openness and that innovative mind to find those solutions. I think in there, you'll find some nuggets that'll help you move forward. Thank you for that, Tony. Okay, next up is Mark Flint, who is the head of the Escape Game. So again, these are those super awesome, and if you've ever done them, they're so fun where you've got like a theme, like a pirate ship, and a, you've got to solve like one problem to the next, to the next, to the next, until you can get out of the room. You usually have like an hour to do it. So Mark, they have them these live actual places you go, but they also have it virtually where it's so cool. It's not just a game. It's actually an avatar, meaning he has employees in the games that you are playing through. So you can play virtually and globally, but you have way more of experience than just having like an online board game. There's actually, his employees are actually the avatars that you're seeing the game through and you're telling them what to do. So cool. And I bring that up because that's the lesson I got from him. Now, before I go into the lesson, let me tell you, Mark is a futuristic instinctual. Futuristic is all about tomorrow land, forest through the trees. Um, taking today's problems and turning them into tomorrow's opportunities. Instinctual is all about connecting the dots in new and meaningful ways from A to B to X over to Y back to A. They tend to have more of a, a gut feeling about things. The magic in that combination is forward, connective innovation. So let me go back to this story. Here's what I loved about it. Not only is it super cool that they have this in-person option that you can play the game, but also this virtual option that's more than just like, let me jump online and, you know, press A or B as my options. Like it really actually immerses you in the game through these avatars, but virtually. Here's what I loved about what he said. He said when they were thinking about how to innovate and how to figure out what to do when all their stores across the country were shut down during 2020, he said they had to innovate and think differently about how to get their business online. He said though, that he wanted to do something that was meaningful, not just for the customers and how we experience the business, but also for the employees, meaning he wanted to keep his employees working. I love this. I love this combination of doing something innovative and meaningful, but for your customers and for your employees. So the next time you're innovating a solution or thinking differently or trying to solve a problem, I hope that you'll do what Mark and his, his team did and think, I think not just from a heart place, but more holistically about how does this innovation, the solution, how do we make this work for everybody that's impacted internally and externally? I think all too often we get a little myopic and we think very externally. I know I'm guilty of this, but it was in thinking internally that allowed Mark to see this kind of option for these avatars and using his employees as avatars because they could go into the store as long as they were the only one there. So they'd go in as the avatar. But it was that thinking of let's do what's right for our customers and for our, our employees that got him there. So go check out their stuff. Check out his podcast, of course. You'll get a lot out of the conversation. But it really got me thinking about how I approach solutions and making sure that I'm being internal and external focus. So thank you for that, Mark. All right, next up is Amelia and Sabina who are in the technology space. So they are partners of a company called Growth Molecules, which is a technology consultancy. And they also wrote a book called Pressing On as a Tech Mom Together. Now I love it when I have multiple people on because there's always some great banter and some difference of opinion that I think makes the conversation even more dynamic and interesting. And they're very, very different. When you go back and listen to the episode, you'll hear that Amelia is a tweaker risk taker. 
So she innovates by editing, optimizing, adjusting, and that risk-taking is about leaping and getting uncomfortable. But Sabina is a collaborative instinctual. So she's all about pulling disparate people and ideas together and connecting dots in new and meaningful ways. So Amelia is over here bringing optimized, bold innovation to the table. That's her thinking, her approach. And Sabina is bringing whole and connective innovation. That's her innovation, her approach. Very different. But they're incredible partners. And in fact, one of the questions that I asked them that I absolutely love their answer to was, what have you learned about yourself by working with each other? Go back and listen to it in the podcast. It's so good. So, but let me tell you one of the things that really stuck with me from this interview. Um, They talked a lot about the challenges they faced, everything from postpartum depression and going back as a later in life mom to get her MBA when everybody told her that she shouldn't do it and can't do it. The thing that really struck me was the power of their partnership and how important their partnership was to each other and how supportive and honest and transparent and vulnerable and real and supportive that they are with each other. They really, in coming together, have have accomplished so much more than they would have apart. That's their words. It got me thinking about how often I silo myself. And in fact, I think people with their with risk taker, particularly in their everyday innovator style, do tend to leap, right? We leap solo a lot. But it got me thinking about this, how often I silo myself, how often I make things harder on myself because I silo myself. So I've been making a, a big effort to build more partnerships and to collaborate more with others. Interestingly, collaborative is my dormant trigger, which means that I like to formulate innovation ideas and then put them out into the world for feedback. It's not that I'm not open, but I don't innovate by pulling those disparate people and experiences in. But I need collaboratives around me to balance me out that way. So their their relationship is so wonderful to watch and to hear and You know, they call each other out, they support each other, they cheer each other on. It's everything that you would hope a partnership would be. And I think they have intentionally made that happen. So it got me thinking about this, like I said, about how often I silo myself, where maybe I could be a better collaborator um, and how I can. So this whole week, I've, I've really worked on building partnerships and not just asking people what they think and making people feel included. I think I do that anyway, but really building partnerships and seeing partnerships as an opportunity. I think sometimes I shy away from them because I'm a little, I don't know, maybe I'm a control freak. Maybe I'm worried about like the other person's intentions. But this week I've been really open to partnerships and I will tell you a few things fell into my lap that I don't think would have before had I not responded with some more openness. So thank you to a million Sabina for that because I don't think I would have been an open before. So I'm going to ask you, where can you be open to more partnerships and more collaboration so that you're stronger together? All right. Last up is Justin, who's the creative marketing guy and he's awesome. He's an instinctual futuristic. So again, instinctual is connecting dots in new and meaningful ways, seeing insights in information and futuristic is all about Tomorrowland and kind of thinking 10 steps ahead. And the power in that is instinctual futuristic is bringing connective forward innovation to the table. That's Justin. So Justin and I got into a very interesting conversation about questions. Because you all know, I always say questions in is answers out. And he started talking about how the key is to asking good questions. So I stopped and I said, hey, Justin, I totally believe you about good questions. I'm a big fan, right? Questions in, answers out. But what makes a question a good question? And his answer actually surprised me a little bit. He said, Good questions are questions that make people think. So that blew my mind a little bit. Here's why. 
I think we jump to solution really fast. I know I do. So I'm not laying judgment. I'm saying like questions in is answers out. I just said it in my whole phrase. Like I'm trying to get to the answers. And what he's saying is it's not always about that. It's really about how can you ask someone a question that really makes them think deeply about the conversation at hand. And that got me thinking that maybe what we need to be focusing on isn't just questions in to get to the answers out. I do believe that's the path, but asking people questions that actually aren't about even getting to an answer, questions that are just thought-provoking, that make us think differently, that challenge our assumptions, that break through that brick wall in our brain that keeps out things that you know we don't agree already know to be true. Yeah, questions that make people think. So this whole week, I have been focused on not just asking questions to get to better answers, but just simply asking questions that I think are going to help us turn those gears in our head. And it has been fascinating. It has led to deeper conversations. It has, oddly enough, led to more vulnerable and real conversations. And ultimately, down the road, it's gotten us to more meaningful answers. So the next time you're in a meeting, having a conversation, instead of just asking questions to, to ask them to put you on a different path, think about asking questions that aren't actually about the answers, that just get you thinking. What would it be like to be in a meeting and just have people's wheels turning and just having thought-provoking conversation about the topic with no question, with no answer in mind? What would that be like? See, there you go. That's, I hope, a question that just gets you thinking. It's not even about the answer. See my point? All right. Wow. What a great week. So we had Tony in education, who's a collaborative inquisitive. We have Mark, who's um, in the retail, hospitality, but also virtual game space as a futuristic instinctual. We had Amelia and Sabina, tweaker, risk taker, and collaborative instinctual in technology. And Justin, who's in marketing and the graphic design space, instinctual futuristic, all so diverse and all so different. All right. Woo. My head hurts. I got a lot of thinking happening this week, every week, really. I hope you do too. Hey, go share the podcast with someone who needs to hear it. With that, tomorrow out. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.